0: And so, uh, just a good text that we'll be in today. We're moving on <laughs> into 2 Timothy and our teachings, and we're just—we're not going to do a lot of groundwork today <laughs> because of time and because of the park, uh, just <clears throat> uh, environment that we're in today. But we're going to be looking at verse, um, uh, verse six through 12 in 2 Timothy chapter 1. So um, I'm not sure if we brought a bunch of Bibles over. Did we get the Bibles? I'm not sure. I don't see them. So uh, hopefully you've got a phone with you can get a free app and download that Bible. And I'm in uh, the New King James Version. And since we're all standing, feel free to do some of those uh, quad stretches and stretch out, you know, do some uh, shoulder <coughs> rotations and get your blood pumping. And uh, it says here, I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing, Um, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he's given to us in Christ Jesus. And before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who's abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. You guys can go ahead and be seated. And standing there as Aaron prayed over you just a few minutes ago, I just, you know, the Lord He's impressed on me. He's in this place. The living God is here right now. So, you know, as we go into the word, we've just had a missionary of the gospel to Africa share with us. We have partaken of the sacraments and remembered the body and blood of Christ. We've preached the gospel already this morning through worship. And, and I haven't even started preaching yet. Like it's just been preached. It's preached. You know, he's here. And so I just encourage you, don't, don't go through the rest of the next you know 20 minutes just like disconnected and like man just God is some far off God you know past outer space and this is just all a bit too much for me and and let me just tell you he's a living God his his presence is in this park he knows you by name he's got a message for you you're here right now and when the word of God speaks God speaks we just read 12 verses God was speaking in this place and so let's let's be here Let's be here, guys, and let's hear what he has to say. You know, the introduction verse in verse 1 tells us that Christ Jesus gives the promise of life. There's life found nowhere else. There is no other name given among men under heaven by which you must be saved. Sorry, hate to burst your bubble. Hate to tell you that not all roads lead to Rome, that not all ways work. You know, it always don't work. I'm sorry, you're ignorant if you think that. And I'm ignorant. And you know what? If my way is not the way, then let's find the way. And I join the ranks with many men and women who've gone before and have given their blood and shed their blood because there is tremendous evidence. That Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way. There's nothing else. And so I hope that you would humble yourself. Because to say that that's true, and you know it as well as I, means that you will need to get right with that way. You will need to get right with that truth. You will need to get right with that life. You will have to humble yourself and and, and confess, I can't make it on my own. Because that is what the way tells me. But take good cheer in that. Because he doesn't want to humble you just to keep you down. And just trample you. And make an example of you as some foolish idiot. No, he's the one that came down. And was trampled. And looked like a foolish idiot. And shed his blood so that you could have this promise of life. It's in Christ Jesus. There's no one else. He wants you to know it, and he wants you to hear it this morning. And he wants you to join in the family of a man named Timothy that Paul the Apostle loved. In Acts chapter 16, you can read about the story of how they met, that when Paul began his European ministry, there was this young man, this young disciple named Timothy. Don't you love that, Timothy? And I just look out right now, I've got a little buddy He's not little anymore. He's a man with a beard. He's sitting under the tent right here. Tim Vreeland. Uh, Tim Vreeland grew up in my youth ministry in Corvallis. He's got a twin brother, Bill. And these guys grew up with their mom without a dad and came to the youth group. And as I was the youth pastor, these guys were my sons. These guys were my sons. His name's Timothy. He went to Nepal with us uh, two years ago. And, uh, and we all have our Timothys. I wonder who your Timothy is. I literally have a Timothy, and he's visiting from Corvallis today. And I was in Corvallis a few weeks ago, and as I preached at Calvary Chapel Corvallis, my pastor, Rob, introduced me as his son in the faith. And I just get texts all the time, you know, uh, son... I just love you and just bless you and encourage you. And, and, you know, you're one of my best friends, son. You know, it's great to have sons in the faith and you can have them too. You can have daughters in the faith. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing. But Paul had this guy named Timothy that he took under his wing and began this incredible ministry with. That's the plan of God for us to raise up the next generation. And we just finished 1 Timothy, and now we are in 2 Timothy, and it is the last letter that Paul wrote, and he wrote it from a Roman prison cell down in this moist dungeon in Rome where he'd been imprisoned by Caesar Nero. It's been said that as Paul preached the gospel and stood before Caesar Nero, that it was at that point that Nero went crazy. And ended up going out and began killing the Christians. That something that Paul spoke to Nero made him go mad. And uh, it's a whole other history lesson for you that we'll go through as we go through 2 Timothy. But Paul is writing right now as a prisoner. you got to know that as you read this. That he's a prisoner writing in chains to his young, his young disciple who is uh, probably, you know, I don't, I actually don't know where, what he is at this point. You know, he may be in his young forties at this point, but he says, I'm calling to remembrance in verse five, he's having some nostalgia. He's taking a trip down memory lane and he writes about a genuine faith that Timothy showed this genuine faith. You might, you got a pen or you can make notes in your Bible app on your phone genuine faith that's a sweet thing to write about someone you've known to be a christian for a good number of years i mean isn't it just a given that you know man i've known david for a long time i've served with aaron for many years as elders and just even as we grow older and time goes on we still speak to each other man you are legit you are too legit you are too legit to quit so don't okay Don't quit. Keep going. There's this genuine faith. A genuine faith that that cries out the old hymn. That there's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. There's a door that is open and you may go in. At Calvary's cross, that's where you begin. When you come as a sinner to Jesus. Timothy from a young place had found that the place to be forgiven of his sins is at Calvary's cross when he came as a sinner to Jesus. And it was the same place that sustained him in the faith all through those years. Now, the danger is that we who proclaim some sort of faith don't have a genuine faith. The word genuine faith it speaks of the opposite of being a hypocrite. The opposite of being a hypocrite. And as I was studying that this week, I was reminded of youth group Tuesday over at the bike park. Just a little advertisement. If you've got uh, fourth graders through seventh graders, we go down there, we study the word. We do some bike riding and play some volleyball and all that fun stuff and eat lunch together. And as we were at the youth group this week, we had the kids pray out. Uh, as we were studying the gospel of Mark and Eli, who was up here doing communion with me, Eli prayed out with all of his friends, Lord, protect us from hypocrisy. An 11-year-old young man praying out, protect us from hypocrisy. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? I don't think I was praying prayers like that when I was 11 years old. I was like, I don't know what that word is. That's way too long for my vocabulary. So, um, and then I'd go live the life of a hypocrite. So, uh, But what a wonderful thing to, to not be hypocritical. And the danger for us who claim to have faith is that our faith isn't genuine. It's not sincere. It's pretend. Many of us, as Americans I mean it's almost just a given that if you're American then you're some sort of Christian and that you've got some sort of faith but when you dive into it what is your faith in is your faith just in faith or does it matter what your faith is in or even more whom your faith is in One of the dangers of being hypocritical is that you have credence and you give credence to Christianity. You know all the head knowledge and yet you've got no commitment to Christ. You've got it all up here, but there's no dedication down here. You know, being a youth pastor, many of my students for about eight years went to this very popular, affluent Christian academy. Many, many students would come through, and it was so tragic to see how many of them, though raised in a Christian home, going to a Christian school, they had a whole lot of credo, a whole lot of statements that they could just spout off. They knew the catechism. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we must impress that it's got to go beyond here in mere head knowledge and work its way by the power of the Holy Spirit into the heart. That's where faith is true and real and works out lives of obedience and action, dedication to the Lord. Those who have genuine faith cry out with the reformers that I am saved by the grace of God alone through the conduit of faith in God alone. In Christ alone. I'm saved by grace through faith in Christ. And as you read later on, In 2 Timothy chapter 1, we see that this is not by works that we're saved. We contribute nothing to our salvation at all. Even the faith that we contribute is nothing but a hose, the empty hand by which we cling to the cross of Christ. It is by grace and the gift of God. It's a gift unearned that we would be saved. We contribute nothing to our salvation except the sin and the broken, fallen condition that we need to be saved out of. So bravo. (laughs) Pat yourself on the back. I contributed all the junk to my life so that God can save me from that junk. (laughs) That's what we bring. And you know what? When we realize that that's what we bring, then we realize we're spiritually bankrupt. Our pockets are empty. We've got nothing to add to our salvation. He has paid it all. Nothing in my hands do I bring. Simply to the cross do I cling. And so it's important to know that a sincere, genuine faith that Timothy had is not merely mental assent to facts or catechism questions. J.I. Packer wrote that for sincere faith to be true, two things are critical. Number one, you do need to have credence, which is believing the promises of God. Credence. And secondly, commitment. Commitment to the one who makes the promises. Now, some of you come to this park today and you don't have either. And that's okay. It's okay to just be honest and say, you know what? I've got no credence. I've got no, uh, I've got no belief in the promise. I don't even know the promises, except for what this homeboy has been saying from this stage today. Good. That's enough. <laughs> that's enough. Those promises are enough to cling to. Credence. Do you have credence? Credence. Do you believe in the promises of God? And then today, once you can say, you know what? I believe the things that are coming out of that man's mouth from the stage. The words he speak are different and I don't quite understand. But I know that the words he speaks are truth by the leatherback book in his hand. These are not the words of Rory Rogers. These are the words, the promise of life. That were written by holy men as they were moved by God. And they are found to be true and irreproachable. And so you might be able to say today, I, I, okay, okay, Rory, okay. I believe what you're saying. <laughs> okay. All right. Now let's commit. Now let's give our lives to Jesus. He is worthy of your life he is worthy of your passions and your affections he's worthy of your love he's worthy of your worship he's worthy of your resources and the more you give to him the more he just gives back to you so you can give more to him so he can give more back to you so that this whole world can be reached with the love of God he loves you he has a plan for you and he desires your all all he wants is all you have that's all he wants and you know what it's more than enough it's more he's more than worthy of it paul says i'm persuaded this genuine faith is in you i'm convinced are you there with me in uh Oops, my page turned in the wind. What was it? Verse five. This genuine faith that is in you. And I'm persuaded it's in you also. It was in your grandma. It was in your mom. And I'm convinced and certain that it's in you. Guys, when your closest friends look into your life, if you were just to say, hey, bro, be honest with me okay be totally honest you have those friends right be totally honest with me when you look at my life when you look at my sundays when you look at how i spend my free time when you listen to my language when you look at me spend my money when you look at the way i treat people and the way i treat my family could you say to me I'm totally certain that you have the genuine faith that Rory talked about, the type of faith that young Timothy had. Can people say that? I, dude, I'm totally convinced that you have that kind of faith. If not, just be honest. If you know, I'm not even gonna ask, my friend, because they're gonna be like, oh, <laughs> you know. I, I don't see that in you. That should be a very sobering thing. But you know, there's hope because verse one says there's a promise of life. There's a promise of life that you can just tell the Lord, Lord, I don't think I've got that genuine faith. Will you give me that genuine faith today? And as we begin to wrap up and have the worship team come forward, I want to invite you today to ask God for this genuine faith. I sure wish we could have gotten there today, but in just a little bit, it says um, in verse six, it's just the next verse, stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Do you guys see that verse six? So stir up the gift of God that's within you. And you know that word stir up? In my maturity, I've always thought, as I've read it, like Kool-Aid, you know, the Kool-Aid powder, and you pour it in the water, and if you just let it sit there forever, it just all sinks to the bottom, and it's all at the bottom. And you know, I just, this is a youth pastor's mind, you know, just get the spoon and just whoosh, whoosh, and get that punch, you know, make it punch again. Give it some punch when you drink it. It's got flavor. There's life. It's exciting. And your life is just, you know, it's all the powder sunk to the bottom. And of course, that's the literal translation is, yeah, stir up the Kool-Aid. You know, of course not, right? But you know what the literal language means is kindle the fire. Kindle the fire or rekindle the fire or fan the flame. And so maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I don't. Maybe once I had a genuine faith, I don't think I've got a genuine faith. Then the encouragement to you today here in this beautiful setting is let the Holy Spirit fan the flame. But notice it's also a command and an urging to the person, Timothy, you do it. You do it. Stir up the gift that's within you. Fan the flame. Respond to the gospel. Come to the Lord. Come near to the presence of the living God and fan the flame once again. I'm reminded of a song from my youth, an old vineyard worship song, Light the Fire Again. Anybody know that one? Light the fire again. And so maybe you used to have a fire in your heart for Jesus, but that fire is long gone. Maybe it's not even, maybe it's a teeny tiny ember, if that. The good news is here you are. Amen. Here you are. God in his grace loves you enough to say, hey, get to Calvary Chapel today. Get Just, just draw near. Start fanning the flame again. Let my Holy Spirit... Don't you love that as a fire builder? I love. I'm a pyro. And I just love like, ooh, if I put this over here, if I put this over here, and then I'm all about just blowing into it and just, oh, you know, and it just gets big and you're like, yes! My wife has questioned my masculinity but I've built a fire and I've blown into the bottom of it and now it's large and it's going to die in four minutes because I'm not that good but I'll just blow in it more and it grows again. Let the Lord blow into your flame today. Let there be life given. Just come to Jesus. Just come to Jesus. You know, I think one of the first things that the Lord wants to do just to take you there, and I think just the word today for you, if you want to fan the flame, if you want to cry out for some sort of genuine faith, it's to just respond to the word today. So why don't you go ahead and set your Bibles aside and... I just want to start out and let's go to just a posture of prayer. Just those of you that are Christians and you're just following hard after Jesus right now, will you just be praying with me for just the, the end of our time? for those that you came here today and when you walked onto the grass of this park you know that you had no faith, no saving faith, no genuine faith in the work of Jesus Christ you didn't have that when you came here but you know that God has called you here He's called you here to save you. He's called you here to put that genuine faith within you. Just right where you're at for the first time. If you're a Christian, you know you're a Christian, you know you've been born again. This isn't for you right now. But if you came onto this grass today and you did not have a genuine faith in Jesus Christ and you want that, you want To have your sins forgiven you. You want to have the promise of life. You want your sins to be gone and not remembered by God anymore. You want to have a fresh start today and have this genuine faith. You would just say today that now I believe in the promises of God. I believe in the things that Rory has said from the stage today. And not only do I just give credence to that, but today I also want to make a commitment with my life to God who made the promises. And if that's you today and you just want genuine faith, I would just ask you, lift your hand up where you're at and I want to pray for you. Lift your hand up high enough so I can see it and just say, I want saving faith. Awesome. I want this genuine faith that you're speaking about. I don't want to just give lip service anymore. And I don't want to just be a merely knower, just know the things about God. I want to be one who's dedicated to God, has a commitment to God is living for God. As the Lord sees you. The Lord sees you lifting your hand up. I'd say put your faith in Jesus as you lift your hand. And just as you lift your hand, dedicate your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. If you could just picture a throne in your heart take whatever's been on the throne and toss it off and put Jesus on the throne of your heart and those of you that are here today and you just know that that's you and your hand has been raised and and I'll just give you more of an opportunity to respond in just a minute but just rejoice and just Man, just soak in the love of Jesus right now. He just wants to just let you know you are so loved. You are known. He called you here today to hear this message. He wants to work that genuine faith in your life. He's going to do it. I'm so excited for you as you lift your hand up. And as you come here today and you just know, you know what? I know I've been given a lot of lip service, but it's just, I don't know that it's genuine. I don't know that my friend would say, yeah, you're, I'm confident you are a Christian. Then just maybe you would just lift your hand up as well today. And this, at this point, you would lift your hand up and say, man, I've got the outward appearance down, but if you really knew me, I sure worship a lot of other stuff. I sure give my resources and my time to a lot of other stuff. And man, Jesus isn't the best and the most and he's not my life. And I want to give you an opportunity today because we have the waters of baptism back over here, back in the grass, warming up in the sunshine. Today is a beautiful day for those that maybe you raised your hand. Those of you that you know, today is a day that you want to show dedication. You want to show genuine faith. Baptism was one of those first Ways to do that it's a way that you can show dedication because in the waters of baptism you're essentially, you're you're telling a story you're telling a story that you are standing with Jesus when you get into the water I'm standing with Jesus and just as Jesus died and was buried in the ground I'm in the water and I'm going down the old Rory, and you can answer your name there if you want to. The old me is is dead. I've been living for myself my whole life. And it has just brought death and destruction. And it's just, there's no fulfillment. There's no lasting joy. And I know life is found in Jesus. Man, the Bible says that the old you dies with Jesus through faith. And is buried in the waters of baptism. And then just as Jesus didn't stay dead, he rose from the dead in life and power. So too, you don't stay under the water forever. You come up out of the water as a picture of new life, a life of dedication, a life of commitment, a life of genuine faith. And as we close with this song, we're just going to kind of turn our bodies and we can kind of come around the horse trough over there. And we're just going to give place. We've got towels. I know that you just, you're just you wearing your Sunday best. You know you, you bought that nice shirt for Easter a few months ago and you wore it a few times. It's okay for it to get wet now, right? Uh, you can just plan on getting soaked. It's all right. It's just a picture of the, the life of Jesus and the blood of Jesus just washing over you and cleansing you from all sin. But don't worry, we brought towels and it's going to be a warm day. You'll be dry in no time. And so as we close in this song, maybe you raised your hand and you know that you've never been baptized. And there's never been a sign of genuine faith because you've not not even been baptized as a Christian. Come to the waters of baptism. And maybe for you, you, you need to stir up and light the fire again. And if you've never been baptized, maybe the match needs to be lit to you first. Let the match come today. Come to the waters of baptism. You know, Aaron, who was up here uh, with me, or he was up with Kathy. Aaron is going to be back there with me, and uh, and just maybe you need prayer. You don't you don't need to get baptized today. That's not where the Lord has you. But you need prayer for genuine faith. You need prayer. For that flame to be fanned in your heart and just come to Aaron and you've seen Stephanie and, and Lindsay and Jess uh, we'll be over here to pray for you we'll be over here to baptize you we'll close with song and then we'll get our grub on in just a little bit but let's just close in response to the good news of the gospel of Jesus and if you want to be baptized today here is water what is stopping you If you believe with all your heart that Jesus is.